When a research team calling themselves the unofficial Christmas truce reclaims his life, Urbane Princess Jeremy Warner is assigned to join the Church of England. <laughs> Somebody write this. Hi, and welcome to Somebody Write This, where we use a random plot generator to give us an idea and then brainstorm how that could be a thing somebody might want to write. I'm Hannah. And I'm Kirsten. And as you'll notice, we do not have Jenny here with us today. Jenny is off at the Life of the Universe and Everything writing conference and symposium. She's already met a couple of our previous guests, which is exciting, and so and has been passing out business cards of ours to everybody. So by the time this comes out, there's a possibility that some of you found out about us at the Life of the Universe and Everything conference, and we welcome you. <laughs> and we're very grateful that Kirsten could join us, a frequent guest and co-host. Thank you so much, Kirsten for being here for us today. Absolutely. It's always a blast to be on this show. And here to help us with our brainstorming today is Laura Porsche. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So Laura, when we were talking about what you might want to discuss in our interview portion, you mentioned your your biggest pet peeve in, in lazy writing, which is <laughs> characters acting out of character. So tell us a little bit a little bit more about that. What do you mean by that? And why does it bother you so much? Well, you know, so I'm I'm a reader. I've been a reader for 20 plus years a big publisher here. And so I get a lot of books, young adults, especially that come through my hands. And when I say it's lazy writing, it's like when an author wants to take the story somewhere, but they haven't figured it, they haven't figured how, you know, they haven't <laughs> figured out how, and then suddenly either their main character or, or, you know, one of their characters start behaving completely out of character so that to take the story there, or a random character appears, you know, and is like, plot twist, this is happening now. <laughs> this is, it just drives me crazy. And it's what I call it lazy writing. It's not, it's not always in order to take the, the story somewhere. Sometimes I'm thinking of, a, of an author which shall not, shall not be named and also, doesn't, <laughs> and also doesn't speak English, so she'll never hear this. I was working on a middle grade book and I was doing some independent, you know, editing for her, like ha- helping her kind of shape it. Shape it. Mm-hmm. And her character was a 12-year-old boy. And every time there was a huge revelation, like your parents are not your parents or <laughs> you're going to be saving the world, either he wouldn't ask any questions <laughs> And just keep, you know, keep going on. Or he would go to bed. And I was like... (laughs) And that's just so that because, you know, writing the emotional reaction would have been a little bit too much work for this particular author. And so I had to say, like, that's not going to be possible. Like, it's a 12-year-old. He's going to have a reaction. Even an adult would have a reaction. And so this kind of thing, and this book, obviously, that we're working on, she's, you know, she's kind of a beginner writer, but Mm -hmm. I've seen that in books that were published. I'm thinking especially of a book that was written by an Italian influencer a few Mm -hmm. years ago that I read for my job, Mm -hmm. who had, I don't know how many thousands followers, obviously, and her character was (laughs) found herself, don't know how, in a very scary haunted house. And every time that something scary happened, she would go to bed. 
in the same house. What is, what is this tendency for just go to sleep? I know, because it's, no, it's the tendency of like, I don't know how to write this character's yeah. reaction to this. And so I'm just going to have them sleep it off. That's really funny. <laughs> that's interesting that, that, was, that that's the go-to. It's, um, I think it's really interesting, yeah. It's really telling. Yeah. I mean, from, from a therapist's point of view, obviously, very telling about the author. Yeah, I would you mentioned as well in your in your kind of bio of yourself as a as a story mm. person that that you are a therapist and so that that mm. ties in. So I'd love to hear, you know, as somebody who really has a chance to to talk with people and to understand kind of or or to try to understand the roots of why they're doing what they're doing, how does mm. that how does that influence this? Like it has this I don't know. Tell me a little bit more about how that well, intersects. <laughs> well, in this particular particular case it intersects like when I read something like that, I read, you know, someone, every time there's something where there should be an emotional reaction from the person, they go to bed. That tells me everything <laughs> I need to know about the, the author's relationship <laughs> with emotions, right? Mm. It's like, okay, this is basically what where the pain point is. And it's the same with clients, you know, like the way that they tell their story will tell you by what they omit, by even like how they're telling you things in terms of body language. You know, somebody will tell you something very traumatic and have a smile on their face. Mm. And that tells me a lot about what they're actually feeling or seeing. Or And the way it intersects in my work is that I try to bring people to really look at their whole life, not necessarily in my work as a therapist, though I mm -hmm. do work with story because I work with transgenerational trauma. Mm. And so I do family constellations and part of family constellations is to give the person a new vision on their story, on their family story. Cause we all have very, a lot of stories in our head, right. About our parents, our ancestors. We've, we've interpreted a lot of yeah. what we saw. And very often in what's really interesting in constellation that really helps people is that the image that they see when we work is completely different than the story that they have in their, in their head. Mm -hmm. And that helps them to change the story or to, I guess, reinstate the true story. And that changes their whole relationship to their life and their family. So that's one side as a therapist of the work that I do. And the other side is I try to get people, and this is more of like an ongoing, it's not like a therapeutic, it is therapeutic, but it's less about solving problems. Mm -hmm. And it's more about trying to encourage people to look at their life through the lens of story and metaphor mm. and start noticing all the metaphors in their life and noticing what those metaphors are, are telling about them. Because most of our outside life reflects our inner life. Absolutely. Even, yeah. I think we are going to go ahead and move into our brainstorming portion. Sure. Um, our, our synopsis is a beast. Um, so as, as a reminder, folks, our synopsis is when a research team calling themselves the unofficial Christmas truce reclaims his life, urbane princess Jeremy Warner is assigned to join the Church of England. <laughs> which is just so much. <laughs> um, it's a lot. It's mm. a lot. So I guess so we have we have a couple of different we we have an if and a then. We have two different halves, an A and a B. Mm. One is this research team called the unofficial Christmas truce, reclaiming it says his life. So I don't know if that means one person on the team or if they're reclaiming Princess, Princess Jeremy, Jeremy Warner. Warner's. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm guessing. Yeah. So maybe they're reclaiming the Princess Jeremy Warner's life, and then he, she, 
If it's a prince, oh, Jeremy they. is typically they. they. Yeah, like mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's fair. Like Jeremy mm-hmm. is typically a male name, but obviously princess is a female gendered thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe they are non-binary and they have to join the Church of England <laughs> because mm-hmm. their life has been reclaimed. Mm-hmm. It's a he's a like they're assigned, which I think is interesting. So I'm I'm already kind of seeing like a not time traveling, but like a a different dimensions kind of thing or like okay your life here is is over now you're gonna go there something oh, like that yeah like their life has been reclaimed and so now their new yeah. life is joining yeah. the church of england somehow yeah and if you're you know if you're like as if you were like assigned different types of life if you if you're yeah. thinking for instance like what we call past lives are actually simultaneous let's just say that whatever th- authority is assigning uh, I don't believe that there's such a thing of an authority assigning, but let's just say for the sake of this, uh, yep. whatever authority said, okay, you're going to be Princess Jeremy Warner's, you're going to be in, you know, whatever, New York, this is Urbane, mm-hmm. uh, and live this life of luxury and stuff like that. And whatever, they do something that they were not supposed to do. And now this authority is like, okay, this life is over for you. Now you're going to go to the Church of England and you have to live this life of, you know, scarcity or whatever. Right. Like, it, it, yeah, it does remind me of like, of stories from from earlier times where where people were, you know, sent away to, especially women were like, if they, you know, mm-hmm. stories about women who got pregnant and in high families were sent away to convents to, to live there um, mm-hmm. so that the scandal wouldn't get out and they would be like, protected but also somewhat confined yeah yeah. Um, kirsten what are you thinking what thoughts or questions are running through your mind well gosh you know i'm really hanging up on this whole unofficial christmas truce thing Mm. (laughs) Um, i don't know what that means i so i had just kind of like spring fully formed from my brain like athena from the mind of zeus i had this (laughs) idea of like this band of like various united non-christian bounty hunters just like okay. if you don't celebrate christmas oh if you need something to do on christmas day mm. come join our bounty hunting organization <laughs> oh i like that and then they uh, again like they they and then they hunt down people who have whatever like done something that's not appropriate for the life that they've been given and Absolutely. they like bring them back to the I like that. They're yeah, research maybe, maybe it's team, almost so. like this cosmic, like yeah, but they can research. They can research like search and rescue. <laughs> I don't know. In French, in French, recherche, recherche can also be like searching for a missing person. Oh, okay, so, yeah, yeah. Mm. But I wonder if like it could almost be like it could be like a positive thing that they're finding Princess Jeremy Warner. Yeah. Like, I I wonder if it could be almost like a like a resetting, like you were born into this life, but this is clearly not the person you are. So we're yeah. going to take you and give you like a new life. That's more like suited to your personality. Mm. So Laura was talking earlier about the possibility of like, yeah, this, this authority who's assigning people to different fates and, you know, we're in some, mm-hmm. some kind of dystopia where you are given your, your life and that's where it is. And this research team that operates only on Christmas is, is specifically like they're researching to see where that may have been. People have been assigned incorrectly. Ah, mm. And nice. so they find, they find the princess, <laughs> princess Jeremy Warner mm-hmm. and says, you are actually supposed to be part of the church of England. And like maybe you know working there, so we're gonna we're gonna reassign you there, reclaim your life from what it was, and put you here, which could be you know uh, 
a, a huge shift if you were not aware that you had been <laughs> assigned incorrectly or mm. yeah so there's something interesting there i like that idea like i think it's a really good idea of like this this research team that has to track and they could have if they're working only on christmas they have to select you know whoever has the the most strong life because they can't do everybody right right and so they'd have to pick like okay they have to research the whole year like they're researching okay who's the least yeah. fitted to the life that they've been given and that seems about right like a, a urban princess to church of england is obviously completely different well and maybe it's christmas truce okay so i'm digging into the backstory it's christmas truce because there was you know there this is part of the group that was against the whole authoritarian deciding of where people go in the first place <laughs> and they're like here we'll put in we'll insert like a, a check to our authority a check and balance to our authority mm. where once a year you can if you think that somebody has really been egregiously misassigned or miscategorized you can reassign them. You can put them somewhere mm. else so that they're like, we can't, you know, we still have to be able to do this for just, it's working for just about everybody. So we're gonna, we're gonna do this. And once a year, you can come along and redirect somebody. Hmm. Yep. That's a weird right. dystopia. <laughs> <laughs> so really weird dystopia. I wonder how much of it is, I don't know, like there, there could be some element of, because of the word truth, that there has been at some point, there's been a war, there's been something Mm -hmm. And also, are those people human? You know, right. again, like, is this, you know, is, and is this like a kind of quote quantum or like quantum leap kind of situation where, right. you know, the, this person suddenly is in a different body, a different situation, or do they have to start from zero? Yeah. You know what I mean? There's just like assigned to a new life and then they wake up in that new life. Hmm. Well, and there's something... Like, I don't want to get too deep into this for myself because this is not my wheelhouse. But there's something interesting to me about the fact that we have this 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 mix of of gendered terms that we have Princess and Jeremy, mm. and we've been calling them they. And there's something interesting there as well with the idea of like, you know, if you've been assigned, you know, a gender at birth, and you're like, you are this, you are this, and then right. maybe maybe. Princess Jeremy Warner is is appealing and saying, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> like, I think I'm supposed to be yeah. somewhere else. Like, maybe this mm -hmm. is maybe this is a metaphor or or contains metaphorical aspects of of someone who was put into a box at birth and is like, actually, I don't think this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be somewhere mm. else. Hmm. I like so that. I, I, like I like I don't have a lot of that's that's not my wheelhouse. So I don't want to like dig too deep in and say something that's going to yeah, be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but but there's there's aspects of that that are really interesting mm -hmm. to me. That like. This person seeking to find out where they're actually supposed to be because they know that what they were assigned was not it. Yeah, you could definitely have like a like a bureau of reclamations, or you know, like a place where people or like people write letters to Santa uh -huh. that are about you know not fitting in. That like, hey, yeah. Santa, I want I want a new life, please. This is not working for me. Yeah, um, something like that. And a lot of those are just people who are like just running into regular. You know, life is difficult for, in some level for everyone. And th so they're yeah. just like unhappy wanting to escape. And so the research team's job is to figure out who is actually not where they're supposed to be <laughs> and who yeah. is supposed to be somewhere else. Yeah. I'm going to pause great. this real quickly and get a title because who knows, this might just ruin everything, <laughs> but it might be okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let me, I'll put our title in the chat as well as saying it out loud. Our title is The New Orleans Kid. Huh. All right. So neither. Princesses nor churches of England <laughs> tend to be in New Orleans. So neither it's Old Orleans nor 
So I did look up. Urbane. So I thought I was thinking urban as well, but urbane apparently means courteous and refined in manner. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, that I was, was thinking crude. the same thing. That was crude. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's, so somebody who was very very gentlemanly or ladylike or very majestic and regal princess, okay. and then yeah, the New Orleans kid, and is hmm. All right. Well, I, okay. So I've got this. <laughs> Yes, when you have when you have hopping around your brain. (laughs) All right. So all right. We open on Jeremy Warner, a little boy who lives in New Orleans. Okay. And he has always felt like he just does not belong in his body. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, this team of ragtag research assistant bounty hunters (laughs) show up on his doorstep and say, I'm so sorry. Your soul was meant to go into Anne Boleyn. Ah, uh, you're actually meant to be a princess who starts the Church of England. Okay, okay. Oh wow! So the princess, the princess comes in with the Church of England, and before yes. it's Jeremy Warner in New Orleans. I don't know. I just my I I've I've recently developed kind of an obsession with the Tudors. I found like all yeah. these really niche Tudor podcasts, and I'm like, you know what? Let's bring this in. <laughs> no, I'm I'm with you. We're starting at the end of this month. We get the Broadway tour of six in my area, and I'm so excited Ooh. to go see it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah. So so Jeremy Warner becomes Urbane Princess Anne Boleyn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that sounds about right. Like yeah, you know, it's just, it's just I don't know if he's he was winning in the in the exchange, but yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of bad news. <laughs> But I mean, you know, again, this is this is partly, you know, a question of do do um of, of a trade off of like there, you know, if you're in a situation that around you is miserable, but you are who you're supposed to be, do you feel do is that worth the trade off versus yeah. living a, an easier life where you are potentially easier on the outside life, longer maybe are longer, losing <laughs> a longer life where you are losing yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, I mean that could be part of part of Jeremy Warner's journey is figuring out you know is this if this is where I'm going. So if Jeremy Warner's pulled over, like so pulled back into time, like presumably going back, Jeremy knows what happens to Anne Boleyn. Yeah, <laughs> like so going back knowing that that's what's going to happen. Like you could have absolutely have some interesting things where they're like trying to shift what happened yeah. in history. Yeah, hmm. using their yeah. New Orleans knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> this is turning into like a really weird dark kid in king arthur's court <laughs> right <laughs> i'm looking real uh, okay so i was i was looking just because i was like we're over in in europe i was looking or what which city new orleans was named after and this is a city in france yes it is there yeah you, you get it i was like <laughs> yeah so i yeah. wonder if like they if they ever like like I want to keep the New Orleans connection in in there, so I'm wondering if they're like if they excuse any of Anne Boleyn's unusual activity or behavior by being like, oh, she's from France. Oh, <laughs> she yeah, doesn't that have be. English cultural mm. upbringing. Mm. She was actually course, she was. raised in France, like real life. Oh, was Anne she? Boleyn was actually raised in France. I have no idea if she ever yeah. actually went to Orléans, but she was raised in France. <laughs> so nice. But I like the idea of like comedically still leading into that, be like she's from Orléans. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if like was I don't remember like the time I'm I'm not a history buff and I don't remember if like when Joan of Arc lived because mm. she was the the Virgin of Orleans. Oh, okay. yeah. 
so they might have been friends. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> they had been like raised together. Mm. <laughs> okay. It, it does look like they were about a hundred years apart. Unfortunately. Okay. So that's, that's not an option. Sorry. No, mm. but, but like there could be, you know, I Ambulin was I later. I digress. Later, so it could absolutely be like, you know, if mm. you're, if your strongest connection to, to, if, if you're over in England and you, you know, don't travel very often and don't know, maybe your only connection to Orléans is Joan of Arc, who a hundred years ago was this mythological person who, you know, saw visions. And so maybe there's a little bit of, oh yeah, people from Orléans behave differently. <laughs> <laughs> and because Joan of Arc is all they know from yeah. the myth from 45 to 100 yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, she, she definitely had vision. And so probably Jeremy, you know, Princess Jeremy Warner obviously knows about the future because he comes <laughs> yeah. from the future. And so he starts talking, or she starts talking about her visions and to, to try to move history in a different yeah. direction. Oh, man. And- <laughs> that is fascinating. <laughs> And they're like, oh yeah, there's you know, Orleans is famous for for vision for women who have visions. Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess my last thought is we like we are running out of time, so I guess we're clear yeah. no, cleared close to the end. But I do want to ask, how does this end for the, like? <laughs> does does Anne Badly. Boleyn die as 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 expected? Probably. Is Jeremy Warner Anne Boleyn at the time <laughs> doesn't get it doesn't get pulled back to regular New Orleans because I think I think mm. you know this is about you know. I, I think maybe they they stay in that body and as that person, but I don't know. Yeah. Like <laughs> that just I mean, adds, yeah, yeah. Unless it's quantum leap, unless it's quantum yeah. leap. But I mean, yeah. I'd say I'd say it ends badly, probably. But maybe I don't know. Maybe because they know, you know, they can tell. Maybe um, they they can tell in time, like when they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> I I failed to move things in different directions, so mm-hmm. now it's time to go. And they would escape the the palace before it gets, you know, before things go south, really. Mm-hmm. And and kind of disguise as, a, I don't know, a traveling fortune teller that will tell the, you know, because mm-hmm. they'll tell the future to people. And then they make their living as a traveling fortune teller for the rest of their lives. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I was wondering, yeah, if, if Jeremy and dies, but like has made some kind of impact on the, some kind of positive impact on the future where they like they're as as they die, they're like, well, you know, I did what I was supposed to do. And I was where I was supposed to be. And I, you know, accomplished something for the for the future. And my life has meant something not only to me, but to history. And I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, as a philosophical question, it's kind of an interesting one of like, is it better to like, live a long life but feel very out of place and dissatisfied Mm -hmm. or is it better to live a short life but make an enormous impact on history and live your true self Mm -hmm. and Mm. i mean and i don't think that's an easy answer i think that's something that like you know people have to decide for themselves and so this can be jeremy warner trying to you know figure out what is anne boleyn what is my what is my truth that i'm supposed to be living i mean in constellation we consider that you know people's destiny is part mm-hmm. of their dignity. Mm. And so that when people have a very hard fate, you know, there's no there's no victimization of it that we we bow to that and we mm. honor that. And that yeah. your your fate basically is yours to carry and also is part of feeling in your place. Mm. 
Yeah. This is this is fascinating. We are right at time. So listeners, I'm gonna toss this out to you. I am I'm intrigued by this story. Like this is I feel like we've just scratched the surface of this and and I, I want to know more about this. So I would love to hear your thoughts, your observations, anything that you think we didn't touch on and should have. Yeah, we'll have all our all our contact info is at the end of the show as well as in our show description. So please reach out to us and let us know how you where you see this going. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's move on into our segment where we are going to recommend a story. So I just yesterday saw Women Talking, which is one of the best picture nominees this year. And I had heard almost nothing about it until suddenly it got all these Oscar noms. And it's phenomenal. It's the the story, it's based on a on a book about a real life incident, but this is like a fictionalized imagined version of it. And it's about the group of a Mennonite colony where mm-hmm. the women um, for, for years have been assaulted and, and, and drugged and harassed by them by a, a handful of the men in the colony. Mm-hmm. And when they finally catch them, they essentially, the, the women are left alone for a couple of days to make the decision about what they are going to do. And so the, it's, it's exactly what the title is. It's women talking. It's, it's, it's an hour and a half of women just sitting, discussing, um, you know, do we, do we stay and forgive them? Do we take everybody and leave? Do we stay and fight for changes in the colony? What do we do with this rare in, in uh, this rare moment of agency that we've been given? What is the best thing for us and our families? And it's got some incredible acting. It's really, really powerful. And uh, really, if, if you haven't seen this, if you haven't sought this out, I guess this will be coming out this episode after the Oscars air. I don't think it's going to win Best Picture, but it's, it's, it's up against some heavy hitters that are have a, a, a better, not better, Better, but a clearer line to the win, but it's well worth watching. Um, it's just really beautifully directed, but with a, a whole bunch of really phenomenal female performances, which we don't get very often in, in Hollywood. We don't get an opportunity to just sit and listen to women talk for an hour and a half. Hmm. Uh, so that being said, let me toss it over to Kirsten. What would you like to recommend for us this week? All right. So two things. First is to our listeners, if you do take this story and run with it. I just want to make sure you absolutely have to include a scene where Princess Jeremy finds out that he's been born in the wrong body and he needs to go back in time and die. And he immediately goes to sleep and doesn't deal emotionally (laughs) with any of the consequences. He immediately goes to sleep. (laughs) I love it. Absolutely. I love my recommendation. I actually just finished a series on Netflix and it's called The Machina. And that's spelled (laughs) M-A-K-A-N-A-R. I'm sorry. I was gonna recommend that. (laughs) Oh really? You can can double down on it if you want. I haven't even heard of this. I love it. It is phenomenal. So it so we just finished it last night and it's very fresh in my mind, but it's a it's a Japanese TV show. And basically the premise is that there's these two teenage girls who want to become geisha. And so they move to Kyoto and they join a, like a geisha house. And one of them is incredibly talented and on track to become the greatest geisha in Kyoto. And the other one is absolutely terrible at everything and cannot hack it, but they are best friends. They are absolutely joined at the hip, they will not be separated under any circumstances. And so they have to figure out how to not be separated from each other while one of them pursues her dream of becoming a geisha and the other one, it looks like it's not going to make. And I like mentally 
put this in with like Great British Baking Show, even though it's very different. It's it's very comforting. It's very sweet. It's very quiet. And if you want just like the episodes are about like 45 minutes long. And if you want to just like sit there and vibe out and just watch like people doing beautiful things, all kind of like taking care of each other, just this very sweet, gentle show. It is absolutely beautiful. Awesome. All right, Laura, you can you can double down and recommend that again if you would like. You're totally welcome to. No, uh, <laughs> no actually, I, I that was my first idea. And then I was like, oh, no, I think I'm going to do something else. And, you know, I, I felt, I probably felt that you were going to do that. But yeah, the, the machina is, is gorgeous. No, I was going to recommend a book that just came out by Amber McBride, who is a young poet. And she writes novels in verse. And it's called We Are All So Good at Smiling. Mm. And it's a very beautiful novel in verse about this young woman, this young girl, Faye. And, and sorry, I just want to... <laughs> no, no I'll okay. Sorry. About this young girl, Whimsy, mm. uh, and, 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 and a young boy and her friend, Fairy. And they are both struggling with depression. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful dive, like metaphorical dive into a depression, like clinical depression, but mm-hmm. through the eye of fairy tale and poetry. And she writes, she writes beautifully. I, I really adore her, her writing, her poetry. Mm-hmm. And it's so evocative. And it's, I love that she mixes kind of real world and magic and that also she touches on generational trauma and what family secret do in families to people so it's a it's a gorgeous book it's a atmospheric and it's a beautiful beautiful depiction of you know what it is to tra- traverse or like go through depression and come out on the other side mm. so i recommend that that sounds beautiful. I'm definitely going to have to look that one up. <laughs> Before we take off, Laura, we want to make sure that you get a chance to plug anything of your own that you want. So if you have any social media or projects you want to share, you're more than welcome to pass them on to our listeners here. Well, you know, the thing that right now is the most active for me is my podcast, <laughs> which is the Mullet Path podcast. And is about how, it's, a little, it's also about stories, but it's a little different. It's less fun. It's a more serious kind of <laughs> And it's about how stories basically shape our lives and mm. can help us heal and grow and change. And so that's, you know, if you're interested in stories, you can go and have a listen. Yeah. And I would I would guess that most of the folks listening to this are interested in <laughs> stories. So definitely we'll have to make sure and post that that link in the the show notes as well. Awesome. Laura, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you coming on. We had a really, really beautiful story here that I'm really fascinated by. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. That was so much fun. <laughs> oh, awesome. All right, folks, that is our episode. As a reminder, you can find us every other Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can join our Patreon for bonus material. Today, we especially want to thank our brand new patron, Grace, for supporting us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WriteThisPod or on Facebook slash SomebodyWriteThis. And if you've been inspired by the episode and have questions or comments or a bit of story or anything else, email us at SomebodyWriteThis at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks and we'll see you then. And as they say, problems are better with soup. Soup.